Blog Talk Radio. President recognizes Mr. Adams of Massachusetts. Objects of the most stupendous magnitude. Measures which will affect the lives of millions, born and unborn, are now before us. We must expect a great expense of blood to obtain them. But we must always remember that a free constitution of civil government cannot be purchased at too dear a rate, as there is nothing on this side of Jerusalem of greater importance to mankind. My worthy colleague from Pennsylvania spoken with great ingenuity and eloquence. He has given you a grim prognostication of our national future, but where he foresees apocalypse, I see hope. I see a new nation ready to take its place in the world. Not an empire, but a republic and a republic of laws, not men. Gentlemen, we are in the very midst of revolution, the most complete, unexpected, and remarkable of any in the history of the world. How few of the human race have ever had an opportunity of choosing a system of government for themselves, and the children. I am not without apprehensions, gentlemen. But the end we have in sight is more than worth all the means. I believe, sirs, that the hour has come. My judgment approves this measure, and my whole heart is in it. All that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready to stake upon it. While I live, let me have a country. A free country. councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizen can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense 
with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. We have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. George Bush has invoked a new world order without denunciating a new American purpose. Bush kept said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order, and instead it looks like we got a lot of disorder. of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another a decent respect requires that they declare the causes which impel them to the separation we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights and among these life liberty and the pursuit of happiness to secure these rights governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed and whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to establish new government we therefore 
the representatives of the United States of America do and with the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these United Colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved of all allegiance to the British Crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. In the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Y'all been asking where the Trump supporters are, right? Why we've been so quiet? Where all the Trumpies at, right? That's what I've been hearing. We've been here the whole time. We don't need a safe space. We don't burn down our cities. We don't riot when things don't go our way. And if we lose a fair one, then we accept the fee with humility. But when you try to rob from us, steal from us, and cheat us, you just started a fight that you're not ready for. Now correct me if I'm wrong. We've all got two wolves in us, a good one and a bad one, and they both want to eat. The best I can tell, we just got to feed that good one a little more than the other one. Happiness is an emotional response to an outcome. If I win, I will be happy. If I don't, I won't. It's an if-then, cause and effect, quid pro quo, standard that we cannot sustain because we immediately raise it every time we attain it. You see, happiness, happiness demands a certain outcome. It is result-reliant. And I say, if happiness is what you're after, then you're going to be let down frequently, and you're going to be unhappy much of your time. Joy, though, joy is a different thing. It's something else. Joy is not a choice. It's not a response to some result. It's a constant. Joy is the feeling that we have from doing what we are fashioned to do, no matter the outcome. Now, personally, as an actor, I started enjoying my work and literally being more happy when I stopped trying to make the daily labor a means to a certain end. For example, uh, I need this film to be a box office success. I need my performance to be acknowledged. I, I need the respect of my peers. All those are reasonable aspirations, but the truth is, as soon as the work, the daily making of the movie, the doing of the deed became the reward in itself for me, I got more box office, more accolades and respect than I ever had before. See, joy is always in process. It's under construction. It is in constant approach, alive and well in the doing of what we're fashioned to do and enjoying it. The easiest way to dissect success is through gratitude. Giving thanks for that which we do have, for what is working. Appreciating the simple things we sometimes take for granted. We give thanks for these things and that gratitude reciprocates, creating more to be thankful for. It's really simple and it works. Now I'm not saying be in denial of your failures, no. We can learn from them too, but only if we look at them constructively as a means to reveal what we are good at, what we can get better at, what we do succeed at. Our life's a verb. We try our best, we don't always do our best. 
And since we are the architects of our own lives, let's study the habits, the practices, the routines that we have that lead to and feed our success, our joy, our honest pain, our laughter, our earned tears. Let's dissect that and give thanks for those things. And when we do that, guess what happens? We get better at them and we have more to dissect. To get rich quick on the internet, rich is 15 minutes of fame world that we live in and we see it every day. But we all want to succeed, right? So the question that we got to ask ourselves is what success is to us? What success is to you? Is it more money? That's fine. I got nothing against money. Maybe it's a healthy family. Maybe it's a happy marriage. Maybe it's to help others, to be famous, to be spiritually sound, to leave the world a little bit better place than you found it. Continue to ask yourself that question. Now your answer may change over time and that's fine. But do yourself this favor. Whatever your answer is, don't choose anything that will jeopardize your soul. Prioritize who you are, who you want to be, and don't spend time with anything that antagonizes your character. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. It tastes sweet, but you will get cavities tomorrow, all right? Life is not a popularity contest. Be brave, take the hill, but first answer that question, what's my hill? Well, for me, it's a measurement of, uh, of five things. We got fatherhood. We got being a good husband. We got my health, mind, body, and spirit. We got career, and we got friendships. These are what's important to me in my life right now because I want to keep all five in healthy shape. And I know that if I don't take care of them, if I don't keep up maintenance on them, one of them is going to get weak, man. It's going to dip too deep into the debit section. It's going to go bankrupt. It's going to get sick, die. So first, we have to define success for ourselves. And then we have to put in the work to maintain it. Take that daily tally. Tend our garden. Keep the things that are important to us in good shape. Defining ourselves by what we are not is the first step that leads us to really knowing who we are. You know that group of friends that you hang out with that they're, they're, it really might not bring out the best in you? You know, they, they gossip too much or they're kind of shady. They really aren't going to be there for you in a pinch. Or how about that bar that we keep going to that we always seem to have the worst hangover from? Or that computer screen, right? That computer screen that keeps giving us an excuse not to get out of the house and engage with the world and get some real human interaction. Or how about that food that we keep eating, the stuff that tastes so good going down and makes us feel like crap the next week when we feel lethargic and we keep putting on weight? Well, those people, those places, those things, stop giving them your time and energy. Just don't go there. I mean, put them down. And when you do this, when you do put them down, when you quit going there and you quit giving them your time, you inadvertently find yourself spending more time and in more places that are healthy for you, that bring you more joy. Why? Because you just eliminated the who's, the where's, the what's, and the when's that were keeping you from your identity. Like, trust me, too many options, <laughs> I promise you, this, too many options will make a tyrant of us all. All right, so get rid of the excess, the wasted time. Decrease your options. If you do this, you will have accidentally, almost innocently, put in front of you what is important to you by process of elimination. 
Knowing who we are is hard. It's hard. So give yourself a break. Eliminate who you are not first, and you're going to find yourself where you need to be. Make voluntary obligations. I'm talking about the ones that we make with ourselves, with our God, with our own consciousness. I'm talking about the you versus you obligations. We have to have them. Now again, these are not societal laws and expectations that we acknowledge and endow for anyone other than ourselves. These are faith-based obligations that we make on our own. These are not the lowered insurance rates for a good driving record. You will not be fined or put in jail if you do not gratify these obligations I speak of. No one else governs these but you. They are your secrets with yourself, your own private counsel, personal protocols. And while nobody throws you a party when you abide by them, no one's going to arrest you when you break them either, except yourself. An honest man's pillow is his peace of mind. And when you lay down on that pillow at night, no matter who's in your bed, we all sleep alone. These are your personal Jiminy Crickets, and there are not enough cops in the entire world to police them. It's on you. It's on you. We do our best when our destinations are beyond the measurement, when our reach continually exceeds our grasp, and when we have immortal finish lines. And when we do this, the race is never over. The journey has no port. The adventure never ends because we are always on the way. So do this, do this and let them, let somebody else come up and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you, you scored. Let them run up and tap you on the shoulder and say, man, you, you won. Let them come tell you, you can go home now. Let them say, I love you too. Let them say, thank you. Take the lid off the man-made roofs that we put above ourselves and always play like an underdog. We have, as humans, we have something that no animal has. And what it's called is imagination. And what imagination allows you to do, it allows you to see it before it actually happens. What I mean by that is I need you to go 10 years into the future, 20 years into the future, and I need you to see yourself actually becoming the person you want to be. You got to live in the forward. Block the whole world out. Put some music on, some classical music, right? The piano if you need to. I don't know what you need to listen to, but I want you to take 30 minutes. Go in the closet. Go in the basement. Go, go to the library. Go, go into a room alone. And I want you to take 30 minutes 
and I want you to imagine. I want you to take 30 minutes, and I want you to live it for it. See, the problem is I'm talking to some of you guys. The problem that you're having is you're living in the future, and you're living in the present. And you keep talking about the mistakes. You keep talking about the past. You keep talking about your trials. You keep talking about your situation. And I want you to know that everybody that's ever been great, everybody has had an obstacle to overcome. They've had a barrier that they had to climb. There's no individual who's ever reached success, and he didn't have to go through an obstacle or a barrier to get there. I need you to live in the future. I need you to go in your future every single day. I need you to go in your future. I need you to see what you're going to be. Listen to me. What you are to be, you are now becoming. And so you got to use your imagination. And your imagination has to take you beyond the pain. Your imagination has to take you beyond the trouble. Your imagination has to take you to the next level. We had to see ourselves there long before it happened. The second tool is we got to embrace faith. I have to have faith to believe that the things that I see 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that one day that thing is going to be successful. When I was homeless at 16, I could have quit. When I was homeless, I could have given up. There are many a days that I thought about committing suicide, but I said to myself, E, just keep imagining. Keep thinking. Keep seeing. Keep seeing what you're not now for what you're going to be. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes you're going to look all around you and nowhere do you see success. Nowhere do you see anything that remotely looks like success, but you got to embrace Number two, you got to embrace the faith. you got to believe that although it's not happening right now, if you keep pressing, if you keep pushing, guess what? One day is going to be your day. That's right. I need you to say that with me. One day is going to be your day. Embrace the faith. you got to be able to see it and believe it that when there's no, no evidence around you, when there's no evidence around you, when you got pain in your life, when, you, when, you, when you're tired, you feel like giving up, and you feel like quit. When you look around you, you don't see anything that looks anything like success. you got to embrace the faith and believe that one day going to be my day. But one day can't be your day if you give up. If you quit, if you quit, no day will ever be your day. you to fail forward. That's right. I said it, fail forward. I want you to get to a place in your life that every mistake you make, every setback you get, right, every obstacle that you don't, that, that you don't overcome, every barrier you can't climb, I don't want you to give up, but I want you to fail forward. You gotta learn from your mistakes. That every mistake you make, you fail a class, get back up and try again. You lose a job, get back up and try again. You put all your money in investment, get back and try it again. If you start a business and it don't work, don't stop, don't quit. Fail forward. Learn from each and every one of your mistakes. Don't quit. Don't give up. Listen to me. Don't quit. Don't give up. If it gets hard, you tired. Not around yourself. You double tired if you have to, but you hold on. But I want you to know you will never reach your goal. You will never reach your dreams if you don't use your imagination. So when you, when that, when you fail that class, don't, don't, don't drop it. When you fail that class, don't just stop going. You go into the end of that class. You go into the end of that class. And you go into the end of that class. And you go into the end of that class. Because I want you to know something. When you start that class over the next semester, you won't be starting from scratch. You won't be starting from the bottom because you were all the way up here when you quit. And now all you got to do is go a little further and a little further. So keep reaching, keep climbing.
with a vision. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. Fear is a choice. Only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. I want your dream to be so clear that when you wake up in the morning, all you got to do is step in your dream. And the first step for me was seeing something I was not before I was. You can do it. Where you are is temporary. You will not be there for the rest of your life. I don't care what happens in your life. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care where you are. Every single day you wake up, if you're going to have energy, if you're going to have passion, if you're going to have drive, every day you wake up, you've got to start with that vision. This is a mentality. Like, you've got to live this. You've got to eat this. You got Every single thing you do is not a cute thing. It is a way of life. It's got to possess everything you do. It's got to own There's no reason to have a plan B because it distracts from plan A. I want to see how far I can go. I want to see what I can accomplish. I want to see what I can do, what I can be, what I can have. I want to see. I don't want to see what I think I can do. I don't want to see what I think is possible. I want to see what my life would look like if I didn't count the cost and if I was willing to go further than anybody else was willing to do. One problem, the violin. Because to do what you do, you've got to be a world-class violinist. Because if you don't, when you're moving around and being thrown around and still trying to play, you end up doing what you did, and that's missing loads of notes. And there were times when it sounded to me like a bunch of rats being strangled. Seriously, that bad. But you're not good enough, I don't think, to get away with flying through the air and trying to play the violin at the same time. I don't think what you're doing right now is enough to fill a, a theater in, in Vegas. D that much movement made you not as great as you were. Made you not as great as you were. Anytime there's a change to be made, you have to realize that there's somewhere else you want to be. And I wanted basically to be happy. You can't do anything without faith. It's impossible to accomplish anything without faith. So I need you to believe there is still time as long as there's breath in your nostrils, as long as you can wake up in the morning. The first step before anybody else in the world believes it is you have to believe it. So I need you to believe. Because if you're willing to go through all the battling you got to go through to get to where you want to get, who's got the right to stop you? I mean, maybe some of you guys got something you never finished, something you really want to do, something you never said to somebody, something. And you're told no, even after you pay your dues, who's got the right to tell you that? Who? Nobody. It's your right to listen to your gut. It ain't nobody's right to say no after you earn the right to be where you want to be and do what you want to do. 
You got to do what you was called to do. You got to do what you were born to do. You got to do what works for you because if you do what works for you, you're going to blow up. It's in your DNA. It's who you are. Then you get knocked down, you get back up, you get back up, you get back up, and you continue to throw shit against the wall. for General Patton. The crowd is not hearing him and they can hardly see him because of all the smoke from this simulated battle scene down here. They have adjusted the microphone and he's about to speak again. Building run 
have all been decorated. They are the people that should be cheered. I have the great... You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.